Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nintendo Fanboys. Last week, Ahmed and I talked all about E3 2017, and I said last week, that's actually a lie. It was the week before. We were going to try and do a podcast last week, but uh, Ahmed actually uh, went back home to um, to have a little vacation with his familia, which is good for him, and he's still he's still there basically. So that's why I'm doing this little solo. So hopefully I'll have a you know a decent sized podcast for you guys. Probably won't be the usual you know hour hour and ten minutes or something like that. Probably going to be more along the lines of like half an hour, 45 minutes. We'll see. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I basically have two big things that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, as the news just broke, I'm actually recording this on Tuesday. I'm just going to see the 27th of June. So this is one day after big news broke, essentially. And there, there's a reason why I'm doing a, uh, a fanboys and not a Canadian gamers. And well, actually in line right now, that actually makes kind of sense because we're supposed to be doing a fanboys next because we just did a Canadian gamers, which wrapped up all of E3. So anyways, uh, first things first, before we get into the news and stuff like that, a little bit of housekeeping, housekeeping. Uh, basically there's going to be a lot more video content coming out in the next uh, couple of weeks and months because I have summer Fridays off and these Fridays go all the way until I believe it's like the second or third week in August. So basically I have a lot of time on my hands in the coming little while. So that's good. That means you're going to see, um, Saturn Day is going to be making a return. You're also going to see quite a number of different reviews that I want to cover. I'm not sure, you know, how I'm going to do this, but Cave Story you'll see relatively soon. In fact, you may actually see that prior to this. Um, I'm not entirely sure. We'll see. There's also going to be the continuation of those PSP reviews. You guys saw this past week, Final Fantasy 1. I reviewed Final Fantasy 1 on the PlayStation Portable. And I'm going to have a review of Final Fantasy 2 next week. I'm most likely also going to have reviews up for Mario Kart 8, The Binding of Isaac. And I don't know if I'm going to get a chance or get around to Wolfenstein New Order, but I'm certainly going to give it a try if I can, because I really enjoyed that. That was a great, great game. It's just that with my new um, setup, hello, little cat. He's saying hello. Uh, with the new setup, it's a little bit awkward until I get my Dragon Quest PlayStation 4, I was going to say 3, it's a little challenging to record footage. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But with the other ones, I'm fairly certain I'll be able to do those given the, the time I have now. And it's great because I only work four days a week, but you're paid for five. It's pretty cool. And if you want to take, you know, like a day or two off or even a week off or something, it's only four days. And when you have like 50 million days off, well, that really, that really helps. So what have I been doing these past two weeks? Well, I just sort of gave you a hint. I was playing Wolfenstein New Order. Really enjoyed that. 
I'm contemplating uh, pre-ordering Wolfenstein 2 New Colossus. And it was really funny because as I was playing New Order, it was on sale on the PlayStation Store for like $13 or something like that. And as I was playing through that, I was like, my goodness, these characters like look very familiar. And in the story, there were sort of like hints that, you know, that you you had played with these some of the characters before anyways um so i look back at my playstation profile to see like i was like i know i played wolfenstein i think that's what it was called it was like the the 2009 2010 game and sure enough i couldn't find anything so i went back on xbox.com and i was looking through all my different achievements and then sure enough i found it and i was like aha i knew it and so yeah i had already played it and uh, new order was actually the sequel to 2009's wolfenstein so very very enjoyable game i'm not going to talk too much about that because this is a nintendo fanboys so besides that uh haven't really played much Dragon Quest X in a little while. We're going to pick that back up in two weeks. But the good news is we still have lots of videos. Our videos go uh fairly deep into July. I think the third week of July, second week of July, something like that. But we'll have no choice but to, you know, get back on that. It's uh just been these two weeks here have been holidays. So, you know, I got friends over, I've been away, so it's just, you know, just haven't had a chance to record Dragon Quest X. But like I said, for you guys, it's all good. Now, Steven gave me two birthday gifts. One was Cave Story Plus, and the other one was Disgaea 5 Complete. And I'm happy to say that for Cave Story Plus, at least, I finished the game, and it was a blast. And if all goes according to plan, that should be what you guys are watching right now with this particular um, podcast. So hopefully that, that happens. Cave Story was actually a really, really good game. I'm, I'm really happy that he sent me that. And now I'm actually, after this, after I do all the recordings and stuff that I wanted to do today, I'm actually going to go and play this guy of five. And hopefully I enjoy that so that I can keep playing it. Because that's what's so handy with the Switch is that, you know, you can take it anywhere. And yes, it's a little bit big. It's not like the 3DS, so it is a little bit cumbersome when you're traveling and stuff. But the for me, it's more... The fact that I can play it here at home without the need of the TV. And I've been doing that a lot lately. I've actually been using my Switch less and less as a uh, home console and more and more as a portable. Excuse me. Um, And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Uh, You know, I'm using it. I'm really, really enjoying the Switch. And I have my PlayStation 4 for my, you know, dedicated... uh, home console now don't really play xbox one much at all anymore because if i if there's any exclusives i can just play them on my pc so doesn't really like doesn't make sense to keep you know both of these consoles or actually all three of these consoles connected at all times kind of silly so that's pretty much what i've been up to and it's uh it's been fun fire emblem has been kind of uh kind of on the back burner and i don't know why it's just not uh it's not grabbing me as i was hoping it would i'm talking about fire emblem echoes i don't remember blah 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 valentia um yeah it doesn't just just hasn't been hooking me for whatever reason and you guys know all about the amiibo news all the different amiibos that were announced at e3 well i haven't been able to pre-order any of those in canada they've only been available 
at like GameStop and a few other places like that. So that's kind of annoying because I really like to get my hands on the Metroid series in particular. So I have a feeling that I'm going to end up biting the bullet and having to spend 10 bucks more per each one and having to buy them off of a Canadian reseller on eBay unless they just pop up. I don't quite understand why they're not showing up anywhere. Like they're not on Amazon, they're not on EB Games, so I can't really pre-order them. Um, I really like those ones. And um, what were the other ones? Well, there was a bunch of the Mario ones. Nah, I mean, they look good, but there's no real need for me to get those unless it you know changes the game or whatever. But those two Metroid ones I would love. I, it's like Zelda. Like I would love to get like all of those ones just because I if, if there's certain series that I really, really like, I'm going to really want to get those because they look so awesome. So for Zelda in particular... I'm missing the Twilight Princess one in Canada. It went up... Where did it go? No, actually, that's true. That's the one that I couldn't find. I got the Skyward Sword one, and I got the Majora's Mask one, but I could not find the Twilight Princess um, Link amiibo anywhere. And now it's selling for just stupid prices online. So I'm going to wait and see where it pops up and uh, we'll go from there. And I wasn't really so interested in any of the other ones. Uh, so I just sort of like let those be like there was Cloud, there was Bayonetta and Corin, I think it was. Um, those I, I didn't really care. But I did care about obviously my Zelda ones and I'm just missing that one. I got the other two, and they're beautiful, and they look great with the rest of the uh, rest of the Zelda amiibos I have. Now, speaking of Zelda, the big DLC pack is coming up very, very soon, and I don't know, man. I have a real problem when it comes to post-game content on games I absolutely love. I just never go back. Like, okay, love is a strong word there, but Final Fantasy XV, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a little weird at the end there. It just felt like it just stopped. And uh, that infamous, I think it was Chapter 13, was just brutal. But they're, they've been releasing all these updates and, and, like, patches and this and that and, like, extra content. And it's just a shame because I, I find myself just not going back. I just... Don't go back. It's like Arkham Knight. I'll never forget that. Arkham Knight, I was so stoked. And I went back for a while because they had like good content for quite a bit of time. And then I just stopped going back. And, you know, all this extra content is there. And I just, you know, I moved on to other games. And Breath of the Wild is a lot like that, where I find myself sort of thinking like, well, am I really, truly going to go back and play this? I don't know. I really, really don't know. So unfortunately, I, I mean, I'm going to download obviously the um, the DLC pack, and you know, I think it'll do it automatically. But to actually go back and and play it, I don't know. I would, I, I, I would like to, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen. And especially considering like that the Master Sword trial thing there, as cool as that is, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. We'll see. I mean, part of me really wants to. I really want to go, and it would be awesome to get, like, that souped-up uh, Master Sword. But for everything else, I mean, I did all the shrines. I I didn't get all the seeds because, I, I like, who cares? You know, like, that, that was my thing. I was like, I just, I don't really care. And I'm more interested in, like, the story DLC. 
And those amiibos too, the, the champions, the four champions amiibos haven't been available for pre-order anywhere either, which is super, super annoying in Canada at least. And speaking of pre-orders, I have something, I have a page open right now where I'm just hoping, I'm just waiting for a notification to happen where I can pre-order something. And I won't tell you what that is, but, uh, you'll, you'll find out, uh, very, very, very soon. So, okay, let's, let's begin. I said I had two things that I wanted to discuss today primarily. Two, two big things that I wanted to discuss today anyways. And those two things are, do, 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 I'll tell you one. It was the Dragon Quest Eleven Direct, and then the thing that was announced yesterday. So we'll start with the Dragon Quest Eleven Direct. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of Dragon Quest, just ridiculously big fan. And I actually, thanks to Cranberry, managed to score some Dragon Quest Ten figures, and I, that's that's awesome. I, I love Dragon Quest series, and I, I love some of the figures that they've released. I've got figures for Dragon Quest Seven, Dragon Quest Eight, and some of the earlier ones. They're not really, I wouldn't really call them figures. They're more like little tiny things. Even Seven is, is more of a diorama than, um, than anything. But, uh, for Dragon Quest Ten, I didn't really have anything, and I was like, I really want to have something to celebrate the game, like, you know, to remember the game, and yes, I'm playing the game every, well, usually it's every week, every other week, and I really, really wanted something, anything, to to basically highlight my experience with that game, and they sell these figures, but they were so hard to find in North America, and thanks to Cranberry, we had a little discussion back and forth, and long story short, I actually have two figures on the way, and the seller was actually selling a Terry figure, so I figured out, oh, what the hell, I might as well just pick that up as well. So I got three different figures coming in, and they're going to look great next to my Dragon Quest Eight figures, and I'm really stoked about that, and I'm really hoping that I can get my hands on some good Dragon Quest Eleven um, merchandise, because it's fun, I, I really like having some of these things. So that's Dragon Quest uh, in a nutshell. That has nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about. So there was like a 14-minute Nintendo Direct on Dragon Quest XI, and some really neat things were discussed and announced, and I wanted to go over all of this. So as you guys know, there's two different modes. There's a 2D mode and a 3D mode. They confirmed some basic stuff, like the 3D mode, you use this circle pad in order to uh, to move around, and in 2D mode, you use the D-pad to move around. You can go to church and switch between modes after a certain point in the game, and then there's even like statues and things like that that you'll be able to interact with in order to trigger 2D or 3D mode. So simple stuff like that, and I like that because that makes sense, and it's cool to give people the option of, you know, switching back and forth. But what's really cool is that there's an actual, um, like, incentive to switch back and forth and not just to play the game in one particular mode. So, for example, in 2D mode, there's actually hidden spots all throughout the world that you're able to... Uh, to find, which is really cool. So, like, you won't, you won't see those on the 3D map, but you will in the 2D map. So they're just basically like these little cubes as you go around the overworld that you're able to just sort of go to and it takes you to, like I say, a hidden cave 
Well, there'll be some item or something like that. And I thought that was really, really neat. Um, you can also do a preemptive attack in the 3D mode, which is kind of neat, where by going up to an enemy and then swatting it, you'll be able to sort of get like a first strike type of thing, which is always good. I always like that and appreciate that. And then basically, you know, they were showing video of both and they were talking about all of the, you know, the, the usual stuff that we already knew for Dragon Quest Eleven, anyway. And then they talked about the one thing that they said they were going to talk about, which was the street pass functions. And now this is, um, this is very interesting. They basically spent like, I want to say like maybe half of the direct talking about these particular things. And so the street pass feature focuses on something called the Yuchi or the Yochi. And they're basically these little creatures that you can find in the main quest itself. So the main game, you don't have to use Street Pass in order to get these guys. But doing so will basically assure you that you will find these little creatures. And I can imagine in Japan that, you know, everyone is going to have this game. Like, you're going to have, like, a little army of these little guys. And what you can do is you can make a party of eight... And then send them into something that's loosely translated to the Time Labyrinth. And they can pick up items for you and and things like that. But what's really cool is that you can actually control these guys yourself or set the uh, controls to automatic. Although automatic will, they'll basically move along the dungeon and they'll fight all automatically for you. Which is alright, you can do that. But for me, I know I'm going to do it uh, manually. Because I think it's more important that I know what it is my little guys are doing. And now each one of these little creatures, you know, you can have like, say, like a warrior. You can have like mages and stuff like that. And it's going to be important to sort of have a nice group dynamic. Because you don't want to just have, say, you know, all attackers and you don't have anyone that can heal you. Now what's really interesting with this particular mode or feature is the fact that at the very end of, I guess, the section, the area, the dungeon, whatever you want to call it, uh, there's something called like a, a gate boss. And if you beat that particular boss, you're actually awarded with a password that you can use in the game and you can revisit old Dragon Quest now, I don't want to say games, but it's basically areas from old Dragon Quest games. And they had highlighted um, a few. One in particular that I was like, wow, this is cool. It was the original Dragon Quest that you could go back to the first village way, way back in the original Dragon Quest game. And I thought that was really, really unique. And the fact that you can pick up these little guys in the main game itself, without having to go into, uh, go into, without having to use the street pass feature, it's a really good thing for those that are importing, although, like I said, you're, you're really not going to get the same experience, because if you were to carry this, say, like, in a train in Japan, you would probably have, like, I don't know, 200 of these little guys in a day, whereas with the game, you're gonna have to find them, and I'm sure there's not going to be, you know, too, too many, because they want to encourage you to use the street pass feature. But what's really interesting is like as you go back to these old Dragon Quest games, they look exactly the way they did. So for example, there's like the 8-bit Dragon Quest games and then you'll see like the 16-bit Dragon Quest games. Now they didn't really talk too too much about this, more so I think it's just that you're probably going to have to do like probably like a little quest or something like that and that will unlock 
I don't know what, maybe maybe new items and things like that, maybe new weapons or who knows. But I just thought that was a really, really, really unique feature and something very, very cool. I was like, this is really, really neat. Now, obviously, I, I would be remiss if I did not say that, of course, of course, I was a little bit disappointed in the sense that I didn't hear anything about the Switch version of Dragon Quest Eleven, And a lot of us are starting to wonder, like, you know, what the deal is with that, if it's simply because they want you to triple dip, because they know that so many people are going to buy the PlayStation 4 and the uh, 3DS version, and that, you know, this would be their way of basically um, getting you to buy a third version of the game. But I'm really, really curious to see what makes that version tick. In other words, like, is it just the PS4 version, but a little bit dumbed down, sort of like Dragon Quest Heroes was, and Heroes 2? Or is it something else? Some people are like, oh, it's going to be all three versions of the game um, that you'll be able to switch between. I'm like, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm leaning more towards that it's probably going to be the PS4 version, but dumbed down a bit, but they'll give you like another... I don't know, another playable character or something like that. And don't forget, guys, I've got these. This has all been pre-ordered and paid for, so it should be coming in most likely the first or second week of August. It's really going to depend on the shipping. But it's it's most likely going to be, I think realistically, the second week of August seems to be the most um, logical. I, I think that's the most realistic. I, I'd be very surprised if anything arrives within the first week. But you never know. Will you? So we'll we'll see about that. We'll see what happens, and we shall go from there. But uh, I'm super super stoked. I've got a lot of different uh, videos planned. Most most of the stuff I'm going to do is going to be like unboxing videos and then I'm going to set up the new PlayStation 4 here in such a way that I can capture footage and I'm going to do that. I'm going to capture footage and and away we go. Now the thing is I've got well hopefully I'm going to have two guides available. Now I'm my import shop still hasn't gotten back to me so I'm kind of hoping that they're going to be able to import the two official strategy guides because It'll, it'll help a lot, you know, it, it, I won't be able to read all of the text necessarily, but I'll be able to translate it. Uh, but for pictures and maps and stuff like that, it's really going to help because it'll tell you precisely where you have to go. And I need that for this just to make it, you know, that much easier on me. Uh, so there's that. And yes, I know a lot of this will be available online too. So I'll be able to do that as well. So I don't know how, how good of a let's play that's actually going to be. You know what I mean? In terms of like entertainment value. But I'll try to make it interesting. And I mean, we're going to be lost together. So the first like, you know, four or five or even six hours is going to be kind of brutal. But once we get uh, the gist of it, once we figure out what's what, we'll go from there. I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to uh, like highlight all of the uh, grinding involved and stuff like that. Unless you guys really want it. So we will see. So the other item that I wanted to talk about today, and I said was announced yesterday, and this is a big one. This is something that I, like I'm really, really excited about, super, super stoked, in fact, is the fact that Nintendo has officially, 
announced the Super Nintendo... Okay, what's it called? Wait, wait, wait. It's the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition. Now you're playing with superpower. And I could have sworn it was now you're playing with power. Superpower. In the original commercials. But whatever. So, oh man, this this is like just all sorts of awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. So, we're going to discuss this in full because this is like the the greatest thing since sliced bread. I I mean, of all the Nintendo systems, this is probably my favorite. And and I I think not probably. This is my favorite uh, Nintendo system ever. Because as awesome as the NES was in the sense of them, you know, building these franchises, what made the Super Nintendo so awesome was the fact that they refined all of these series. So you had like The Legend of Zelda, amazing, amazing game. You had Zelda 2, completely, radically different than the original Zelda. And then you have A Link to the Past that sort of took the best elements of those two games, mashed them together, and gave you what is still my favorite Zelda game of all time. You had Metroid on the original Nintendo. Then you had Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. I don't want to say radically different, but quite a bit different. And then they wrapped it all up in Super Metroid, which was just unbelievable. Like, to this day, it's still my favorite Metroid game. And I can go on and on and on about this. It features my favorite Mario game. It features, you know, um, let me look at the list here to see. Oh, just, oh, I, I <laughs> so many of my like favorite games ever. So here we go. First things first. So again, it's going to be a little replica of the Super Nintendo, just like the NES Classic was. It comes with two controllers this time, not one, but it's also, I think it's 10 bucks more expensive. It's $79.99. I think the other one was 69 or was it 64 Anyways, whatever. Um, the cords are now five feet instead of three. I would have preferred a little bit longer myself. I still say five feet today is still way, way too short. Uh, we don't know anything else. Like, we don't know if you're going to have to hit, you know, flick like the reset button to cycle through the games or anything like that. Uh, but we'll find out, obviously, as we get closer to the September 29th, 2017 release date. The system as, at the time I'm doing this, which is one day after the, um, uh, like it was announced, there have been pre-orders in the UK. Uh, most of those are already sold out. But in North America, nothing has happened. Uh, basically, there are a bunch of placeholder pages that have been um, activated. And that's it. Um, so, like, there's been no official pre-orders set at the time I'm doing this recording. So, I'm actually, right now, doing this, and, like, I have notifications on like crazy, and uh, I just, I want to make sure I I get my hands on this. And this is one I will tell you right now, if I cannot pre-order this, this is one I will have no choice but to go to eBay and buy. This is my favorite system of all time. And I'll tell you right now that in this year, in 2017, this will be the system of the year. This will beat out the Xbox One X for sure. Because it comes with 21 games. Oh, I didn't mention the fact that it also comes with two controllers. Or maybe I did. But anyways, whatever. 
Um, I'm looking... I'm going to see if there's anything else. Uh, okay, the SNES... Uh, the Super NES uh, Classic Edition is compatible with the Classic Controller and Classic Controller Pro accessories. Just plug it in and play. Really? And how, pray tell, do you just plug it in and play? Oh, that's their tagline, just plug it in and play. Uh, but it actually looks like on the front that as the original Super Nintendo uh, controller inputs, which is really unique, whereas with the NES Classic, it used like those uh, Wii sort of nunchuck uh, and, and Wiimote sort of controller inputs. So this is really, really cool. Okay, let's get back to the games, because I said there was 21 games in this, okay? And I'll go through 20 of them first. And you'll see why I say that this is hands down going to be the console of the year. No one will be able to beat this because of these 20 games I'm about to talk about. So it comes with Super Mario World, F-Zero, Super Mario Kart, Super Metroid, and The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Okay, right there, okay? Those five games are some of the world's best games. To this day, those five games hold up so well, it's sick. I mean, sick. The fact that you have two controllers, you can immediately play F-Zero and Super Mario Kart with friends the day you get the thing. That's awesome. But we're not done. Next... You have Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting, which for my brother and I, that was the best home console version of Street Fighter at the time. Super Street Fighter 2, both of us, we didn't like the sound samples and it just, it didn't feel as tight as Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. It also includes Super Punch-Out, Super Castlevania 4, oh yeah, Donkey Kong Country. Personally, my favorite of the Donkey Kong games. I know a lot of you guys like Donkey Kong Country 2 and Donkey Kong Country 3, but the original Donkey Kong Country holds such a special place in my heart because I was blown away when that game came out. Also have Mega Man X, Kirby's Superstar, Final Fantasy 3, which is for the uninitiated, is Final Fantasy 6 in Japan, also known as probably tied as my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time. We also have Kirby's Dream Course, Star Fox, of course, Star Fox, Cranberry, super stoked for that. It's like her favorite games, oh, games, it's her favorite game of all time. Super, super big fan of that. Uh, I have a story to tell you with that in just a second. We also got Yoshi's Island, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Earthbound, the ridiculously expensive game, Secret of Mana, Contra 3 The Alien Wars, and Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Okay, so lots and lots and lots and lots to talk about here. First off, that lineup, not one of those games is bad. Okay, they're all great. Now, those two Kirby games, I'm not a 100% like... You know, stoked. I know, uh, Kirby Superstar. I played the, uh, I played that on the Wii, I think it was, or maybe it was the Wii U virtual console. Dr- Kirby's Dream Course 2, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I probably would have put something more along the lines of, um, like one of his traditional games. I forget which one it was. It was part three of, I don't know if it was Kirby's Dreamland, but whatever it was, I would have put something like that. And personally, honestly, 
two games come to mind immediately that I would have loved to have been included in this, which is Turtles in Time. But I know that legally speaking, that's a huge gray area because who owns the rights to it and, you know, all that jazz. But still, so unfortunate because that would have been an amazing game to have. And the other one, the one that I'm, I'm, I don't want to say disappointed because come on, like with, with all the games that you're, that are included in this, you got to be kidding me. Um, but the one, one of those games again for, I would have just had one Kirby game. I wouldn't have had two. And I think it would have been Kirby's Dreamland. And I'm going to check while I, I have this open because I'm sure it's Kirby's Dreamland 3. Kirby's Dreamland 3. Uh, yeah, I would have put Kirby's Dreamland 3. I would have ditched both of Kirby's Dream Course and Kirby's Superstar. I would have just had Kirby's Dreamland 3 and that other game, because I know Turtles is an unrealistic game to, um, to have. I would have put, you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Chrono Trigger. How could there not be Chrono Trigger? You have everything else. Seriously? Everything else is here, man. Everything else. Chrono Trigger is the only other one where I was kind of like, when I saw the list, I was like, come on, come on, come on, aww. But again, I, I mean, come on, you really, I mean, looking at this list, that's the only odd inclusion are those two Kirby games, and not having like a, a traditional Kirby, uh, I really would have put Kirby's Dream Land 3, and I would have had Chrono Trigger, and I would say that this was it, like this was hands down the greatest thing ever invented. But notice that I only mentioned 20 games. Well, there's actually a 21st game. And this is what has got me super, super nervous. They are releasing officially Star Fox 2. Now, if you don't know the story with this, Star Fox 2, there, there's a, it's, it's got a long, complicated sort of history. It's one of these games that was finished. It required um, a specific chip in order to make it run. I think it was a star, uh, the SF, what is it? FX2 chip or something like that. And it, it was going to come out basically after the N64 was released. And it, like markets were changing. And I think Nintendo just ultimately was like, I don't know. Like, do we really want to release this? You know what I mean? Like, do we do we really want to do that? Do we want to take this chance? And they didn't. And so it was never released. Now, what's really interesting is that the mastered version, in other words, the version that went to quality assurance and was like 100%, you know, stamp of approval, sort of got that Nintendo seal of quality, was never released. And this will be the first time that this has ever been released. So fans have, you know, tweaked things, they've altered things, they've done this, they've done that, they've done a bunch of different things. But the original, original, original sort of vision or final vision of this game has never actually been released before. Now, I don't, you know, I don't pretend to be some, you know, guru of Star Fox. That's why we have Cranberry here. So she can fill me in on any information that I, I'm spewing out that's false. But I do know that this has never been officially released. And that, in and of itself, is extraordinarily exciting. Because you can only imagine, guys. This is a brand new Super Nintendo game released in 2017 by the big N. This isn't like, you know, no, no offense, but this isn't an indie release or a fan-made game. This is Nintendo at their prime 
making what would become, at least now, the last officially released Super Nintendo game in in any way, shape, or form, and this is the way they're doing it. They're doing it through this particular device. Now, why I say I'm really... This makes me extraordinarily nervous is because of the fact that God only knows how many of these damn things they're actually going to make. And this is why we're all freaking out. Because if they don't make many of these, then we're screwed. Because the demand for this unit will be so much higher or so greater than the NES Classic. Every one of these games is is essentially a masterpiece that has aged wonderfully. This isn't like the NES Classic where you had certain games where you're like, ah, you know, yeah, these are fun in, in short doses. We're talking like Final Fantasy 3 here, guys, or 6, the real. I'll, I'll just say it by what it is. It's Final Fantasy 6. So Final Fantasy 6, that's like a 30-hour game. You get Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. Another, you know, like multi 10 hour game. It's, it's like 20 hours, 25 hours. Earthbound, same deal. Secret of Mana, another big, huge adventure. You've got The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, another large adventure. Yes, not, you know, like 25 hours or something, but a large game. You got Super Metroid, another one. You got multiple racers that have held up perfectly. You got some of the best platformers ever created. You've got Contra 3, Super Punch Out, one of the best fighters ever made is coming to the platform with um, Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I mean, that game can still be used in tournaments today. It's so awesome. You got Mega Man X. I already mentioned the platformers, but look at what these platformers are. You've got Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country, and Yoshi's Island. Like, good lord, guys. You've got Star Fox. In and of itself, Star Fox was such a unique game. For me, it was really like the introduction in a lot of ways to 3D, you know, polygons and all of this. And and being able to play Star Fox 2 is going to be amazing because it's one of these games where I never played it. I never played a reproduction or uh, an emulation, a ROM, whatever, of Star Fox 2. I never did. So I'm going to play Star Fox 2 for the first time the way Nintendo wants me to play it with the Super Nintendo controller in my hand. I can't tell you how damn exciting that is. This system is going to basically stay on my desk right beside the PlayStation 4 and the Switch and it's 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 going to stay there permanently connected forever into my capture card because well why the hell not? You know what I mean? Like for podcasts and stuff like that, why not? I'll be able to use all of these different games for different footage and also just to play them, man. How awesome would it be to do like a let's play of The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past? I mean, you guys will, I mean, I'm rusty today, but you guys will get to see me play one of my favorite games of all time. That doesn't really happen very often. So I'm super, super, super stoked for that. I do have a few other things I wanted to mention, though. Um, I mean, obviously, you can tell I'm excited for this, and I just can't wait. And I really hope I don't have to spend 500 bucks to get this off eBay. I, I just don't want to do that. And unfortunately, when it comes out, 
I'm going to be so busy. And in fact, I don't even know if I'm going to be here. I might be down in the States and, oh man, could you just imagine how hard it will be to get one of these? It's going to be brutal. But it's looking like pre-orders may actually open. Uh, for the US, there's Amazon, Best Buy, GameSpot, uh, sorry, GameStop, Walmart, and that's that, that all have placeholder pages open. And in Canada, there's Amazon and Walmart. So I'm hoping that one of these has some stock available. Now, I know some of you are probably wondering or will ask, what about the Super Famicom? Well, first off, I want to mention that the Super Nintendo in PAL regions comes with the same games, except the fact that it uh, it looks like the Super Nintendo from over there, so it looks exactly like the Super Famicom. Interestingly enough, though, it's a little bit cheaper, but it doesn't come with the AC adapter. It basically just comes with like a USB cable type of thing, which is really, really weird, whereas the North American one comes with everything you need. You just you know plug it in and away you go. So the Super Famicom, though, has mixed up some of these games. So it's done away with some, and unfortunately, I didn't take a list of which games are excluded. I know Super Castlevania is one. I know that uh, either one or both of the Kirbys are, 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 are not included. But the games that they've replaced are basically Legend of the Mystical Ninja, you get Tetris Attack, you get Super Soccer, you get Fire Emblem, Mystery of the Emblem, and they swapped out uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo for Super Street Fighter 2, the new challenger. So I'm very happy with ours. To be really honest, I, I, I much prefer ours. I was a little surprised that they did not include a Dragon Quest with uh, the Super Famicom uh, version, but... Then again, they did not include Dragon Quest in the NES Classic. So, yeah. Uh, not the NES Classic, but the uh, the Famicom Classic. If I'm not mistaken, they did not include a, uh, a Dragon Quest in that. But they had two downtown games, which is basically River City Ransom. So, it was well worth it just for that. So, there we go. That's pretty much that for... Um, for the the Super Nintendo Classic, I, I am seriously excited for this. I really, really, really hope they have pre-orders open so I can just snag a pre-order and I don't have to worry about anything else because this is one of these systems where it's like, I know that this is this is probably going to end up being like five, six, seven hundred dollars on eBay only because the demand is going to be insanely high. And Nintendo has said that they significantly increased the number of units uh, being produced. However, they also confirmed that this will only be available in 2017. And I don't understand what that's all about. I really don't get this. Even with the NES Classic, I, I just don't understand this. I, I would just maximize these units like I, I would produce them until they plateaued until the sales started to dry up a little bit. Cause I still don't, I don't understand this. I just don't get this. Like if you can sell 15, 20 million of these things, then sell 15, 20 million of these things. Uh, I don't get it. It's, it's a, it's a closed system. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, you're, you're going to have to do very much for these things. Just get them out there. People want them. Give it to them. And this Super Nintendo one, I'm telling you, this could sell like 15 million units easy. 
if they just release enough of them. And already the scalpers are going to be all over this because they know that they're going to be able to make a mint. I mean, already on eBay, the prices are outrageous, like 300 bucks and more. And it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But I am super, super, super stoked for this. And today I was going to have a blast from the past, but I sort of mentioned my blast from the past. I wanted to talk a little bit about Star Fox and my story with Star Fox, but I already sort of did saying how it was sort of my introduction to 3D polygons, at least in the home console space. And I was very impressed with it. And it was just a fun game to play. And by the way, for Star Fox 2, you have to beat the first level or first mission of Star Fox in order to unlock Star Fox 2. So I thought that was kind of cute. Just a little incentive to make you play Star Fox. Uh, Star Fox was quite a challenging game, to be honest. And that's one of the ones I don't know if I ever even finished that game. Because it was brutally hard. And I know I'll have people on here, What were you saying? Are you crazy? But uh, it's true. It was a very, very challenging game. So I think that is about all I've got for today. Look at that, around 45 minutes, which is what I wanted to do more or less. So I'm very, very stoked. What about you guys? You excited for, well, Dragon Quest XI or for the Super NES Classic? Or as Steven would say, the Super NES? I... uh I, I really hope you are. I think it's going to be a brilliant system. And I do hope eventually that something like the virtual console comes to the Switch uh, sooner rather than later. It feels very odd today not to have a Nintendo platform that has its retro games on it. Ever since the Wii, pretty much since the beginning, you know, we've had we've had the Wii, the Wii U, and the 3DS where we've had you know, access to these old games and the switch does not, it has access to old Neo Geo games and it just feels very, very perplexing and odd. So I'm hoping that, uh, if they are going with that Netflix subscription service thing for their online play and they'll include sort of a library of retro games, well then get to it guys, because I think, you know, that's something that's missing right now on the Switch. And I understand if you're going to continue to do this with these sort of like special uh, retro consoles, I kind of understand you not wanting to focus, you know, on the Switch for those particular retro games, but it still seems silly because it seems like multiple like products you have here. People will still buy the games on the Switch and then they'll buy that reproduction little console. So I don't know. We'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. So anyways, guys, thanks a lot for joining me today. And hopefully in the next podcast, Ahmed or Steven or someone will join me. So you don't just have to listen to me talk for almost an hour. All right, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for, uh, taking part.